Hello and welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. My name is Ben Jacobson. I am one of the pastors at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota. Today I am joined by my colleague, Pastor Mike Toomey. Mike, good to have you. It is awesome to be here. Yes, we're continuing this journey through the Gospel of Mark. We just covered this amazing moment on a mountain where... uh, some disciples saw Jesus transfigured and and they started to realize and see who this man that they've been walking and talking with really is. And uh, What an amazing sight that must have been. I cannot imagine. I actually can't. I don't have any really frame of reference for what that must have looked like, but maybe someday I will. I'll get to ask Peter and John and James yeah. one. What did that look like? Yeah. Yeah. Today we're we're going on and we're going into chapter 10. And we're over halfway through the Gospel of Mark, I think, at this point. Yes, we certainly are. And uh, we're going to cover some texts that are, I think, difficult in lots of ways, but we're going to wrestle with them, and that's important that we do that as people of faith. There's an impossible task referenced in this uh, text. Jesus Mm -hmm. talks about putting a camel through the eye of a needle. Yes. Now, I want everybody to imagine a camel. Uh, they have camels at the local zoo. I've seen them. They're big. They're much bigger than the eye of a needle. Now, I don't do a whole lot of sewing, but I mm-hmm. have seen a needle, and I do know that the eye of a needle is pretty small. Mike, have you ever been given an impossible task? Yes, I have, and it's on my calendar currently, and I have to make a decision. <laughs> I need to be in three different places at the same time. I don't think I can do this. I, I know it's impossible to be in three places at the same time. I am thinking about construction. It actually is. Yeah, you 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 know that, don't you? Yes, I had to had the same conundrum last week. Yep, I I didn't make it to all three at once. You didn't make it to all three at once. Um, That is why we are trying to develop a time machine so that Mm. we can do that, which I believe is also another impossible task given the um, the speed of light. Yeah, given the speed of light and time and constant. Yeah. Anyway, plus we don't have a DeLorean. Yeah. Where is Michael J. Fox when you need him? Mike, get us your DeLorean. We need it now. The Gullwing. Yes. Cool car. It was. I've seen one before. You've actually seen a Gullwing? No. Well, a DeLorean. DeLorean yeah, yeah, Gullwing? Yeah. 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 Uh, someone used to have one in this town. Really? Yeah. It's, I've, see, it's, I've seen it driving. It's pretty cool. Nice. They didn't make very many of those, I don't think. I don't think so. Um I do believe there is an auto shop. I want to say it's O'Reilly's. You can actually look up a flux capacitor. <laughs> <clears throat> and they have it as a little bit of a joke there. I think it's O'Reilly's. Anyway. There are impossible things in life, and most of them are things that uh, should seem possible, you know. There are some recipes that seem impossible to make and things. But the uh, but the point of of what Jesus is saying is this actually is impossible. Here's the impossible task before you. Yes. Mm -hmm. So folks, you might be looking at some impossible task in your life and I would say, keep going. You got this. We're going to read chapter 10. But if your impossible task is fitting a camel through the eye of a needle, I would quit and find something else to do. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. We're Mm going to read chapter 10. We're going to read chapter 10 of Mark's gospel verses 1 through 30. One, talking about the kingdom of God, 
uh, we'll re- remember that, that back in the beginning of Mark's gospel, Jesus announces that the kingdom of God has come near and that we are to repent and to believe. And so all of what flows out of that is, is visions and pictures of what that kingdom looks like and what it looks like in Jesus. And so we begin with verse 1. Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea across and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked about this. He answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and put his hands on them and blessed them. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields and with them 
persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. A lot happening here. Wow. This is a tough section. I, I mean, it feels heavy, doesn't it? It does feel heavy. Um, Except for that little interlude about children. Oh, yeah. But actually, that probably is heavy. Heavy, as heavy as the other. I think it is. I think that little, that, you know, if we dealt with that first, let's just think about the, the you know, this little children. Now, we love little kids. Um, at least I, you know, love having little kids around. Um, that wasn't the case when Jesus was around. I mean, little kids were seen as nobodies. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, the kingdom belongs to such as these. So it's important for us to think about. Yeah. Who are the nobodies in our lives that need that the, we you know that we need to make sure that they receive the kingdom of God? Yes. Yeah. What else sticks out to you or what questions come to your mind? There's this whole section on divorce that I think is really tough mm-hmm. for us to hear. Um and I think a lot of people who are listening to our podcast are probably um um struggling with this as well. Mm-hmm. I think what about almost half of um, marriages end in divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, so this really could be a harsh word to half of our people who are listening. And um, I think what I want to do is just say with a caveat, if this is a hard word for you, keep listening. Yeah. You know, we, we just looked up that quote. Um, uh, we, we, we didn't know exactly who said it first. Um, so the, the best thing that we found on um, the Google search was it's been attributed to Winston Churchill. If you're going through hell, keep going. Okay. <clears throat> if this is a hard word for you to hear, keep going, because then I think you're going to hear something really good. Yeah, we so, don't, don't want to lose where, where any of this ends. Correct. Um, if you stop reading in, in verse 12, um, or stop hearing in verse 12, boy, you've missed out. Keep listening. There's more to come, even though that this is probably a, a difficult word to hear. So I think, you know, I think just taking a look at that, let's let's just take a look at how Mark presents Jesus in this teaching on divorce. I think that's that's important to do. Um, so Jesus left that place and he went to the, the region of Judea across from the Jordan. And again, the people came to him as was his custom and he taught them. And some of the Pharisees came and tested him by asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Did you ever see Return of the Jedi? Yes. Okay. So there's the, the this classic scene where the rebels are going against the much larger and now complete Death Star, and they 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 they're getting blasted. And and what is Admiral Akbar's famous line? It's a trap. Yeah, it's a okay. trap. This is a trap. This is a trap. <clears throat> um, that they're not here to learn. They right. are not here to learn. These are Pharisees. They understand the law of Moses inside and out, forward and backwards. They're not here to learn. This is a trap to trap Jesus. And part of the context that we need to understand here is John the Baptist has been beheaded. And why was he beheaded? Because he addressed Herod or Herod's marriage situation and said that that wasn't lawful, which was a divorce and remarriage and all that sort of thing. So these Pharisees, they don't like Jesus very much. 
hey, it worked getting rid of John. Let's get rid of Jesus. Um, it's G- a trap. This is a trap. They want to do the same thing to Jesus that was done to John. To John. Yep. Let's just make him stalk and Herod will see him. Um, we think that Jesus is in that area where, where Herod has some control and could easily arrest him and put him into prison. Mm-hmm. And Jesus always does so well in these uh, <laughs> encounters. Yes. He often will, I mean, he obviously knows what they're trying to do. And he, he it's almost like as he talks, he peels back the layers. Mm-hmm. So the first thing he does is he brings them back to the law of Moses. What did yep. Moses command you? Well, yep. they have an answer for that. Yep. What did Moses command you? So Jesus is bringing back to the main thing. Um, and so Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send on her way. Jesus then begins to talk about how um, human tradition is less than God's intent that he gives to us in Holy Scripture. Mm-hmm. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. It's kind of like Moses realized that society just needs, there's going to be brokenness in marriage out here. And so Moses is like, okay, if you're going to do this, here is at least a somewhat acceptable way to do it. Mm-hmm. But what Jesus wants to do isn't to go down that road. He really wants to point us to what marriage can be. And what marriage should be. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the application for us, those of us who are married, is to read what this can be for our marriages. Right. So Jesus comes back to Genesis. In the beginning of creation, God made the male and female. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. That's the ideal, isn't it? Let's run into that ideal as best that we possibly can. We always are going to have um, struggles with our spouses from time to time. It's usually my fault. <laughs> Me too. Um, but but the, the fact is, um, the ideal is to run into that being one flesh with each other. One of the... Uh, I think Pastor Paul used to say this years and years ago. Um, becoming one flesh is when you begin to dress alike, talk alike, and think alike. Hmm. Ever seen some of those couples? They dress yeah. alike. Yeah. 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 They're, yeah they're, it, and, you know, I just, as we read that, the place that I went back to was, well, I was thinking about, these words, therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. That's those words are in the liturgy for a wedding. Yeah, they are. We have the couples join their hands. We, as a pastor, I lay my hands on the couple's hands, and I say, "What God has joined together, and the two of you, let no one tear it apart." And then, for some reason, I went to another place with weddings, and I started thinking about the text from Ecclesiastes: "This mm-hmm. two are better than one," and sort of mm-hmm. how the in joining together. In marriage, there is there is so much benefit for not just the couple, but for the world around them because right. of this joining of their lives together in this mm-hmm. godly promise. Yep. Yep. So Jesus lifts that up and says, this is what we should seek yep. in this world. This is the direction that we should be going within our marriages. 
you know, we do know that some marriages um, fall apart. Yeah. Um, and Jesus is talking about this in two different ways. One is um, what what we've read and what Jesus is publicly saying to the to the Jewish people. He's he's um, or to the Pharisees here. Um, he he is saying that this. He's really talking in the Hebraic tradition, the Jewish tradition here. Um, when he visits with the disciples, he's talking more about a Hellenistic or a Greek ideas about marriage and divorce because they had different ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus is saying, whatever your culture is, marriage is important, mm-hmm. and it's God-blessed. Keep it. Keep that marriage. There's always that pastoral word that gets really difficult and situational. Mm-hmm. And I think for our listeners that are listening in on us and maybe going through a really difficult time, um, it gets really hard. This gets really difficult to say, but if you're being abused or it is some sort of destructive way, um, I do not believe that these words mean you should stay in that abusive situation. Right. Um, where your life is being put at risk. Um, I don't believe that's where Jesus is running into here. Right. I think what he's really trying to do is point us in a positive direction of what marriage can be. And sometimes there is a hard-hearted person in a marriage that no matter what you do, um, it will never be safe for you to be there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what the, what I'm trying to do is say, if you're caught in a very difficult place right now, um, talk to a faithful Christian talk to one of us as pastors and we are more than happy to mm-hmm. have a conversation yeah. with you regarding the and difficult teaching that's in here. And there's help, right? There's, there's help. help for those yep. kinds of situations. Yep. And many, many marriages require help. They do. Yep. Some people, some of you listening, you need a marriage counselor. You don't even need a pastor. You need a marriage counselor because yep. um, I can do really good for one session, a marriage counselor can help you out. <laughs> so we move really quickly mm-hmm. from yep. that trap yep. where where the Pharisees try to trap Jesus. Obviously, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move into this little snippet about little children yep. and, and the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really interesting. So in my translation that I have in front of me, yes, there is this word, he was indignant. And I don't mm, know what yours it's says. Indignant. I, indignant. Got, I got the NIV in front of me as that well. That word jumps out at me. It's used other places in, in Mark's gospel. And so one of the things we do at our congregation, at our churches, is every week we're actually studying these texts mm-hmm. in a group. Uh, we meet every Sunday at 1045 at all of our campuses. We also have a Zoom group. If you'd like to be a part of that, uh, email us at fargohope.org or email us at adults at fargohope.org or check out our website, fargohope.org slash adults. And, but one of the things that we, ta- we do is we wrestle with these texts even more uh, and we have conversations about them, which is always a really, really fruitful thing. But one of the things that came up at one of the sessions that I was leading was this word indignant. What mm-hmm. does it mean that Jesus is indignant? Because, you know, that's a word that we don't 
I haven't used it this week. I don't know if you have, Mike. No. Uh, no. But it's sort of this, like, moved to a place of compassion. Mm. Um, And here, when Jesus sees these children, he is moved to this place of of compassion. Yeah. You know, compassion in in Greek means your guts move. Yes. Blog zigzomai. Yes. It's a wonderful word that I even... Great word. Yeah. Yeah, your guts moved. Um, he looks at these kids who are being pushed away and man alive, that just makes his guts move. Yeah, and, and, and then he, he has this teaching about who who the kingdom of God belongs to. Well, it belongs to children. And as you said, yeah. or it belongs to those who are like children. Yeah. And as you said, you know, in this time, children were not fawned over and doted on. They no. were powerless and they were in the way, and they were also out of the mind of the average person. Mm-hmm. What on earth does that mean? Yeah. That the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like children. When I was trying to read this, I, I was reading in the New Interpreter's Bible um, regarding this. Like, what does that mean? Like, the kingdom of long, belongs to such as these. And um, the author I, I honestly think he made a, a mistake in in the second thing. In the first thing, I really like it. Um, to be part of a family, the father had to invite you in. Hmm. You were dependent upon the father. I wonder if that's part of it. Hmm. You know, the author I was reading in the New Interpreter's Bible then later said we shouldn't talk about the dependence as part of it. And I think he is wrong in his conclusion there when he wrote it earlier where that is part of it. Children uh, depend on... On the Father. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like we're invited into the family of God by grace. Mm-hmm. It's his mercy. It's not because we're cleaned up and we're, we're coming in perfect. Not by any stretch. And I think that helps us understand the next story that comes in. Mm-hmm. That we enter into the kingdom of God, not by what we do, but by what God does, Mm -hmm. by God's grace, by our Father's goodness and love and mercy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where it's going. That's where some of this is connected. So so maybe you've heard a hard word about divorce. Keep reading because we're hearing about who this kingdom belongs to. Who this kingdom belongs to and how gracious and loving he is. Hmm. I I think it's interesting... um, you know, someone who was hearing this might go to, okay, a kingdom. How does it, how, how do you get a kingdom? Well, mm-hmm. war and power and battle and uh, you grab it. Mm-hmm. Children can't do that. No. They have to be receivers. Yeah. That's the only way that a child can receive anything yeah. is, is if it's given to them. That reminds me of the story of when Martin Luther, the reformer, was dying. And uh, I believe it was recorded somewhere that his last words were, we are all beggars. Hmm. The understanding of we all need to receive God's grace and mercy. It's not about what we do. What we do is important when it comes to spreading the kingdom of God, but when it comes to salvation, receiving the kingdom of God, we receive it with hands outstretched. Mm-hmm. And it, it belongs to us when we are like that. Yeah. It's given. It's given and then it's ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is an amazing thing. Yeah. Okay. 
Let's get to our impossible task. The impossible task. The camel. The camel. That goes through the eye of the needle. Yeah. So we get this man. He runs up to Jesus. Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I think um, circle that word I in your Bible if you're if you're reading along with us or if you get another chance. What must I do to receive the, to inherit eternal life? Well, if we understand that this is about grace and mercy, we're going to find out that it's not about you, is it? Um, so Jesus starts going, well, no one is good except God alone. Um, why is Jesus doing it? He's trying to redirect it from I to God. Um, and then he says, you know the commandments. And he gives them, a, 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 he kind of lists off several. Of those, five of them, I think. Five of the Ten Commandments. Yep. And uh, the man says, teacher, he declared, I have kept all these since I was a boy. And Jesus goes a little deeper, really, right? Jesus looked at him and, sa- and loved him. <laughs> he loved him. Um, addressing him in this way is a matter of love, not, not a matter of wrath or anger or anything like that. It's a matter of love. When I read that, by the way, that verse, when I was reading it out loud mm-hmm. earlier, I, I read it and then I, in my mind I said, did I read that right? Yep, I did. He mm-hmm. looked at him and loved him. This is this teaching is a matter of love. Jesus' love. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven then. Come follow me. And at this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he had great wealth. If we end this story here, we end in tragedy. And for this man who walked away, he, he tragically ends his part of the story. Because what Jesus teaches next is absolute grace. So Jesus looked around to his disciples and then says, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? I think it's important to realize that in in Jesus' time and day, people thought that if you were rich, you were being blessed by God. You must have done something right in this world to be, to to have this wealth. Mm -hmm. So Jesus isn't, saying, you know, uh, he, he's looking at the very best of what's out there and saying how hard it is for the, for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. People would have thought that that was silly because if anyone's going, getting into the kingdom of heaven, it's the rich because they're already doing something right here. Um, then the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for someone to enter the kingdom of God. So there was this legend that came up years ago. I think like a millennia ago, maybe even more, that there was a gate in Jerusalem called the Eye of a Needle, and it was a very small gate. And for a camel to get through it, it would have to get down on its knees and have to be pulled through the gate, and all of its luggage would have to be removed from it. So there's this legend that came out that said that this is what it's about. It's possible. It's just you got to get down on your knees and have all your luggage taken off. Well, what we know is this, that there never was such a gate called the Eye of the Needle in Jerusalem. And if you read the Gospel of Mark and understand that what Jesus is doing is showing an impossible situation here, Mm -hmm. that's far better than thinking about this as... The, cat, the eye of the needle. So gate. the eye of the needle, the gate to Jerusalem, the whole th- concept is, it was a yeah, it's, it actually is possible. It's just difficult. Which isn't the case. No. It's impossible. Right. 
this is an impossible task. Um, Saturday Night Live, look this up on YouTube, Saturday Night Live. Bill Pullman had a wonderful skit regarding this decades ago. Um, they tried to liquefy camels and get them through the eye of the needle, but they thought the, the lawyers thought that that was probably not going to work. Um, <laughs> right? It's just hilarious. Um, this is an impossible task that's going to happen. And the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? If the rich can't be saved, that means the poor can't be saved. That means the average Joe can't be saved. So Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. In the Gospel of Mark, um, when we switched fr from the tr when we when we there was a switch, there was a pivot point in Mark, and we talked about it at the very beginning, um, the pivot point being the Transfiguration. Right. Everything from the Transfiguration through chapter fifteen is pointed to the cross. Jesus is trying to point to the cross here. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God, the one who's going to make all things possible, even salvation for every single purpose, person on this earth. Because a few more impossible things are coming. They are. God himself dying. Mm -hmm. And rising. And rising. And opening the gate to all who believe in Jesus. The impossible is about to happen. Keep your eyes open. Keep reading. If you read something difficult here, keep reading. You're going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ breaking into your life. Keep reading. Keep wrestling. Keep wondering. Keep asking. Mm -hmm. Keep following. Mm -hmm. And when you do have struggles and difficult application, bring a faithful Christian involved in, in, into those conversations. Talk to us as pastors. We're more than happy to visit with you about the difficult things that are going on in your life and how God's word is speaking to you today. Absolutely. So we, we finish off with this little section where Jesus talks about uh, leaving home and brothers and sisters and mothers and fields and children for the sake of him and for the gospel and, and how... Uh, when we do that, we will be blessed in this present age with with those same things. And then he adds to the list, and with them, persecutions. Yeah, I circled that word. And then he closes yeah. off by saying, but many who are first will be last and the last first. There's something here. We've talked a lot about how actually following Jesus is to walk into a path of suffering. Yes, and I, I think we we sometimes, even as Christian faithful people who know this, don't necessarily remember it. Mm -hmm. Because I think there are so many of us who in our lives think, well, once I put my faith in God, everything will be just smooth sailing after that. And I think we know in life that that's not actually true that with this path comes persecution and suffering and hardship. Mm -hmm. um, but also, it means that we're walking the path with the one who can do the impossible. Yes. And he will see us through. By his strength, 
and in his glory and with his forgiveness, grace, mercy, with his goodness, he's going to walk us. He's going to walk with us through everything that we possibly face, even death itself. So here we are. Mm -hmm. We are on the road to the cross and to the empty tomb. We'll continue again next week. Invite you mm -hmm. all to come back. I invite you to to follow this podcast on whatever platform that you're on listening. Uh, when you follow, you'll get the most up-to-date information on when an episode drops, and so you can stay right up to speed with, with where we're at. Know that uh, it would be fantastic if you could let some of your friends and family and, and the folks in your life about this podcast so that they can join us as we continue our way through the, the grand story of Scripture. If you're thinking, I love doing this, I love uh, pulling apart these stories, wrestling with them, wondering, uh, doing this together, know that we, we do this, as I said earlier, every week here at Hope, and, and we'd love to have you join us. You can join us for a week or for two weeks. I would just say, come try it if you want to know when that happens, where that happens, visit us on our website, fargohope.org slash adults. One of the joys I have in doing the Deeply Rooted is not just going into the text myself, mm -hmm. but when I'm studying this with other people and we talk about what, when I get to talk to a group of people and say, what do you notice? Mm -hmm. That enriches my life. It enriches my faith and strength. So if you have that opportunity to not only do this online with us on the podcast, but you have that opportunity to do with us in person, it will be a blessing to you. Yeah. Even if it's one time. Yep. We also do it over Zoom, too. We do so, it on Zoom. Yeah. Yep. We love doing this. We love to open the Word of God together, and so we invite you to come back and to do that with us. In the meantime, stay deeply rooted. Deeply rooted.